Welcome to the Truth CSGO Podcast, episode 20. Today we're discussing the roster changes and all of that stuff. In light of some recent roster developments in my own life. (laughs) It's that time again. And finally, some tips on improving your game using the latest research in motor learning. So before we get stuck into the roster changes, a little bit of housekeeping. I was contacted by a young man uh, a few episodes ago, actually, who was appreciative of one of the episodes where I was talking about uh, things you could do other than cheating um, and how to deal with toxic teammates. And he expressed that he was having a lot of trouble finding people who were willing to take the game seriously and weren't toxic. And uh, he has a team. And he wanted me to advertise his team. So here I am advertising his team. If you are in the US or Canada uh, and you're at around about a level silver, uh, get in touch with him. If you want to try and get better and start a team together, he gave me permission to read out his email. It's facadecsgo at gmail.com. Facadecsgo at gmail.com. Now, it's tough to put together a team at that level, which is basically entry level. But uh, I know we've all been there. And if you're looking for someone who wants to take the game seriously, have a friendly game, have a nice game, maybe get together regularly or improve as a team, get in touch with him. He seems like a nice kid. Um, There's also been changes to Nuke this week as part of the latest update from Valve. I'm sure you've all had a look at that. Um, I actually think this is a good thing. They've gotten rid of the outside catwalk which proved fairly complicated if you were trying to hold outside from the CT side. And uh, hopefully this will see more games of Nuke being played. Getting rid of the window in, uh, well, not mini, hut on the A-bomb site, I think will also make a huge difference to how you approach the A-bomb site. We might see a lot more B plays happening. I look forward to getting to that uh, map at the end of the month when I resume playing Counter-Strike. If I resume playing Counter-Strike, let me tell you, it's been a good time. I am getting in touch with friends a lot more. I'm finding a lot more clarity to my thoughts, as I mentioned last week. Things are looking up for the old truthy. Now, uh, Summit has happened. I've had the first two days of Summit. It's been the worst, absolute worst times for an Australian to be viewing it, but it looks like the grand final is going to be a showdown between SK and Cloud9. SK now have bolts back in the lineup. It's, uh, this is the, the SK. This is their final form for 2018, we assume. So whether Cloud9 can uh, pull off that three map victory that they uh, did in the semifinals of the major remains to be seen because SK has actually already beaten them in the heats of this uh, of this event. So that'll be a good matchup. Let's move on to these roster changes. Now, last week we had a little Chatinsky about Virtus Pro and the possibility that they might bench Taz. Good man DK reported that they were, and then we're going to replace him with Mihu. Apparently, uh, that's how you pronounce it, Michu. I was calling him Michu last week. How was I to know? Perhaps a bit of research wouldn't have gone astray. Anyway, turns out that actually has happened. Taz has been benched, despite the uh, protestations of the general manager of VP. 
disingenuous, perhaps, as they were. What should Taz do now? Um, maybe create an academy team, perhaps. I don't think moving to another country is going to happen. Blake's got a wife and kid. Um, yeah, it's possible that he might be reignited as an IGL with four younger, hungrier players. Um, but as we were talking about last week, there's a, there is a distinct disadvantage of being the age that Taz is, 31. You're... Uh, your, uh, what are they called? Reflexes. They're not as quick. Um, Dude was always pretty good with morale in the team. Um, I say that, you know, not really knowing what went on in the comms all the time. Um, could he be the coach for VP? I have no idea. I don't even know what Cuban contributes to that side, to be honest. Um, it's hard to imagine that this will reactivate VP. I don't know if I see this transfer motivating Biali reinvigorating their practice. As I said before, I think Nip really only got sort of really invigorated once they had enough new energy in Draken and Rez that the old players were having to adapt to them as opposed to the new players adapting to just these old dogs. And it didn't require a majority of new players. It just required enough energy. And let's face it, the old players falling into enough of a ditch that they were obviously open to playing, you know, setups to capitalize on Rez and Draken or whatever Resin Draken wanted to be doing that round. So in this sitch, Mihu is outnumbered 4-1 to one by the new players. And uh, <laughs> unless, unless, unless Mihu is some sort of alpha male with elephantitis balls, he's going to be doing what they want. I mean, the guy's 21. I don't think it's happening that he's going to take control of this team. He does have better stats than all the remaining VP players, but then again, he's been playing against worse opponents. Um... Look, I do, I do think in general everyone talks about VP in an overly harsh way. Uh, as I said last ep, they were number nine. I think they're number 12 now or something. And yeah, they've been embarrassing recently. They sucked at the major. But it's kind of like, well, you're just comparing them to how they were and how they have been. And who knows what they might have done next? Who knows had they tried to continue? I guess sometimes... Uh, a marriage is uh, too broken to bounce back. You know, the elasticity is gone. It just gets stretched too far. A BP is who is going to IGL because Taz was the in-game leader. And we've seen Pasha try and do it. We've seen uh, Snacks try and do it, which is a disaster. Neo, I think, has done it to some degree of success before. But as far as I can tell, the best results came when Taz was IGLing. I don't think Bialy's an IGL uh, and probably never will be. So unless Mihu is about to start calling like four of the elder statesmen of Counter-Strike, uh, this doesn't seem like a solution for me. So it's possible that this is the first of multiple changes and they'll sort of do what NIP did, which is introduce a couple of younger players slowly. Which would suggest that perhaps uh, Neo will be the next to go. Although you never know. It, it, it could be that Pasha decides to step down at some point and concentrate on being a dad and creating some sort of London school of English or, uh, you know, orping. He could do anything really, couldn't he? I don't see Taz as a commentator. I don't see him as an analyst. I think he's got to stay involved in the scene. <sighs> I'm still in denial about the fact that uh, we won't see that five-man lineup, but uh, 
if the way my emotions usually work are any guide, I probably won't be mourning for this until about six months from now when I wake up one morning crying <clears throat> and not be quite sure what it's all about. Uh, now, last week we did talk about Kiebi moving to north, which meant that there was a bit of a hole in Australis. I, like many others, assumed that Config would be the one to fill that hole. Uh, actually, Australis snapped up Majisk from Optic, which makes me really happy. I love Majisk. I don't know why I love him. I just think he's awesome. He's just got this underdoggy vibe about him. Actually, I think it was the last roster episode where it was, I guess it was about in August or September last year when the last roster mania was. And I talked about Majisk's removal from North, which felt a bit like a personality clash. Uh, and Astralis just seemed like a friendlier side. They seem like a real family. And uh, it's borne out in that little video that they made with um, Zonic coming up with uh, Abracadabra style, uh, you know, summonings of, of Majisk until uh, he got the, the right one. If you've seen the video, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, um, it probably sounds a bit bizarre. Now, is Majisk an upgrade on Kierby? If Kierby's form was anything to go by over the last couple of months, I'd say so. Majisk obviously wasn't happy playing in NA. Uh, so I think this is very good for Astralis. And I think the knife in the back from Kierby might be what it takes to get them hungry again. And Majisk, you know, I'm sure he's got something to prove. He was kicking ass originally on uh, kicking ass originally on North. Then whatever happened happened, the personality clash, whatever it was, and kind of got lost in the wilderness in the uh, Frankenstein that was Optic for a bit. So brother's got something to prove, and I feel invigorated to watch the upcoming Astralis matches whenever they uh, are back on the server. Now, that leads us to North. North, as we said last week, I think I said it last week. Anyway, they kicked Cajun B in config. Got Kierby, of course, and Mertz from North Academy. I think I previously got Mertz's uh, team wrong on the last podcast. He wasn't from Red Reserve, from North Academy. Perhaps these new personalities will do something interesting to that team. Although, as other people have mentioned, AZ's been the worst performer there for a while, bar MSL. So if this lineup doesn't work, his head's got to be on the chopping block. And that moves us on to Optic. And here's the juicy part. Because <laughs> the Frankensteinian experiments continue. Optic had the most bizarro Toxic Avenger-esque team in their previous lineup. HS, Mixwell, Majisk, Freiburg, and Alu. Uh, HS, where's HS from? I'm actually not sure. Mixwell, Spanish. Majisk, uh, Danish. Freiburg, Swedish. Alu, Swedish. Where was HS from? Oh, well, doesn't matter. From the land of... Um, Amazing hair. And uh, look, seeing that lineup play and try and play together, it made me feel like we were definitely living in some sort of wormhole, some sort of bizarro universe. But it's like instead of going back through the previous wormhole and resetting into reality, Optic have pushed us further into another bizarro world within a world. Instead of going to Astralis, as everyone thought, Config's come over with Cajun B. And they've also brought back Stanislaw, who apparently was behind building this new roster. And uh, I guess he's been licking his wounds, presumably, after having been ejected from Liquid after nading his teammate in Monster Tunnel on overpass in the semis of Dreamhack Barbados or wherever it was. Was it Abisa? Oh, Mykonos. Um, anyway, for the Raw, they've pulled in Shazam, whose contract with Misfits expired the moment they were smashed at the majors. Presumably must be good mates with... Uh, Stan, uh, and finally, they've brought in a player called Gade, who's another Dane, who's on loan from North Academy. So, presumably, um, 
Config and what's his name? Cajun B had a bit of input in that one. Optic has said they intended to keep him after the loan wears out, uh, you know, runs out. He's supposed to be an up-and-comer with good stats, although he's 23, so it's not exactly the uh, spring chicken uh, that you would uh, want from an up-and-comer. Anyway, remains to be seen. There's a video going around on the interwebs where he's doing some um, pretty weird-looking aimbots map. Um, now, uh, whether this absolute fish gumbo of a team is actually going to gel in any way, shape, or form will be the most fun experiment to watch over the next few months. Three Danes, two North Americans. It's worth noting as well that Stan used to be with Optic, so whether or not he'll gel with uh, I'm a Pet remains to be seen. I'm a Pet is the coach of Optic. And Stan infamously doesn't like watching demos, whereas I'm a Pet is known for his assiduous demo-watching ability, sometimes rumoured to be able to watch up to six demos simultaneously. I made that up. In an, in an AMA, I Am A Pet did actually uh, address this issue, and he didn't seem too fussed about it. Uh, so whether or not that's a PR line or he's actually going to have to deal with that head-on remains to be seen. I Am A Pet also said they did try and get Dennis and Rubino, but the most interesting thing was that he said the team would never have disbanded if Kierby didn't join North. So Kierby was the butterfly that flapped his little wings and caused the storm on the other side of the Atlantic. Anyway, we won't get to see this team play until March for EPL. And uh, their stated ambition, as per I'm a Pet, is to eliminate C9. Because when Tarek and Rush left him and Mixwell and Naf and went to Cloud9, uh, apparently the wound was deep and stung. And uh, surely there was vinegar poured on that wound when said players went on to win the motherfucking major. Let's move on to Liquid, another North American team. They have benched JDM. Actually, technically JDM 64. I don't know why no one ever says that, but anyway. Uh, I was calling for this for a while. Old bloke, uh, Lounge Nation. Uh, seems like a really lovely guy. Wasn't really putting up the high level in recent times. So, feels for him. But uh, they have replaced him with Naf from Renegades, who's already put up some insane numbers on Summit. Uh, straight upgrade. Absolutely. Naf was killing it on Renegades. And it's a shame because uh, the boys were really starting to do something good. And uh, a large part of that, I'm sure, was thanks to Naf's incredible play. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll see Liquid become relevant again in the scene. Not sure that uh, the addition of Steel has done much for that lineup thus far. But they still have not had, you know, a huge amount of play together. And so this means Renegades have had to find a stand-in. And uh, they've turned to JKM for the tournaments coming up in the next few months. And JKM, if you recall, hasn't really been on the scene since he was kicked from FaZe early 2017. He's been playing on Dignitas for a while and then some other team called, actually, I don't know, Agora or something. Something, you know, he's fallen from grace, in other words, and this is a lifeline. Uh, this is probably your last chance, JKM, to, uh, I don't know, just show that you've still got what it takes. Yeah, let's hope he's hungry. We'll keep an eye on him. The Detroit Renegades, um, and they've been up and down, haven't they? They've had flashes of brilliance. They beat uh, VP at Epicenter last year, and that was uh, that was exciting for a bit. Not Epicenter. It was an Asian... Um, was it Star Ladder? I think it was Star Ladder. So it's disappointing for them to lose NAF, and uh, it's not that JKM really gets me excited to see what they can do, but uh, perhaps they're sort of casting around for someone else to pick up 
who might be the better trade-in. We'll see. Now, moving on to Gambit. Gambit ditched Fitch and decided to make Seize the permanent member of their roster. Fitch, if you recall, was the young... Uh, I think, was he Russian? Might have been Ukrainian. Anyway, he was brought in when Zeus um, went off back to Na'Vi after they won the major. Young dude, 21-year-old. Uh, Seized had been standing in for them for a couple of events, and they obviously liked having that experience in the player. And this is despite that absolutely insane compilation of C's plays from the recent MDL match against Stiffmeister. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, if you haven't, get your ass on your chair. Google seized <laughs> throwing Stiffmeister. S-T-I-F-M-E-I-S-T-R. It's a bizarre name for a team. Anyway, C's put up some plays in this that were worse than me at 2 a.m. in the morning when I'm... Slightly drunk and massively tilted. Uh, anyway, Fitch's results have dropped off recently, so perhaps they just felt uh, they need a bit of growing up to do, a la Bolts, when um, he was ditched from Luminosity and uh, has returned in a blaze of glory to the ranks of SK. Perhaps they might get him back once he's done said growing up. But uh, I don't think Gambit's really solved their issue. They lost Zeus after the Major and lost a strong leader, and then they just got in a young guy... And now they've just replaced him with someone who is a known entity as an IGL. And um, when I say a known entity, he's been proven to be a disaster as an IGL. <laughs> he didn't do well for Na'Vi at all when he was IGL and couldn't handle the stress, perhaps, or just couldn't command the respect of the other players, didn't have the strats. I don't know. I didn't uh, I didn't analyse that uh, to too much detail when he was on that team, but uh, I'm sure Gambit needs an IGL. Adren's been doing it. Dosha's been doing it. I think Moe's even had a crack at it. <sighs> Just find a replacement for Zeus. Come on. Ninjas in pyjamas. They've removed Threat from the coaching role and they brought in Pitta. Now, Threat's been with them for a while now, I think two, since 2016. And according to the org, he's decided to do other things. Moving on in his life. Just decided he needs a change. Good on him. Pitta, if you're not aware, he used to be an IP's coach from 2014 to 2015. In the meantime... He's uh, done a bit of coaching for CLG, even played for them at one point, and also, according to the org, has been involved in finance. So, I guess that could be anything from uh, pyramid scheming with the, the, uh, the uh, what's it called, cryptocurrency, or uh, trading shares at Goldman Sachs, who knows? Might have been a family accountant. Anyway, it's good to see him back. Hopefully this evolution will give us another NIP victory at some point, although they've... Uh, had a bit of a shocker at CS Summit. Uh, only a couple of hours ago, they got uh, banged out of the match by Vega Squadron, out of the lower tiers. Let's move on to Envious. Now, Envious have ditched XMS and Sixer. Well, they've ditched them to the bench anyway. And they've brought in Kiyoshima and Haji. Haji, H-A-D-J-I. He was in the academy, the uh, Envious Academy. So they've promoted him up. I know nothing about Haji, apart from the fact that he's French and 22. He's got a good rating. But as I've said before, who knows what that means? Those academy teams generally play pretty shitty level teams. Uh, and uh, this is exciting for Kiyoshima. I've had a love affair with him for a while. Uh, with him? About him. It's one-sided, obviously. He doesn't know I exist. This idea of minus Kyo plus Kyo, though, that's going to be the weirdest shit. Because uh, if you recall, Kyo has played for XMS before, uh, for Envious before. And he's played with Happy as his IGL. And I don't really know how that works. Like, and this is where this podcast gets personal again. 
So it's been six months since my roster change, right? And it's been a tough journey. Uh, moving on, healing, forgiving, getting back on my feet. And um, uh, only for last week to be somewhat stunned by the ex getting back in touch and wanting to give it a second shot. So it was like minus me, plus me. And uh, I'm suspicious of it. We've seen minus seized, plus seized, and then minus seized, right? And I brought this up when seized went back with his tail between his legs, presumably to Navi after Zeus came on board post-major. How does that guy play amongst a team that either he has left voluntarily or has kicked him? Either way, either in either of those scenarios, it's fucking uncomfortable. I mean, look, you can talk things out as much as you want, but the reality of what has happened is always going to be there, surely. So I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't really know what to do. I'm going to talk it over. We've seen minus Stan plus Stan at uh, at Optic. We'll see how that goes. Now we've got minus Keo plus Keo. Does it ever work? I don't know. How can it ever work? I don't know. I guess every scenario is different. I guess, you know what it is? It's like Keo's been... Keo's been streaming, right? He's been doing... Um, presumably, he's been pugging. Presumably, he's been spending time with family and friends. If he's been really improving himself over the period of his uh, being benched from FaZe, then he might potentially be on a level even better than he was when he was on FaZe. And I thought he was fucking great on FaZe. Make no mistake about that. He was an amazing support player. Now, the issue is, if Happy, etc., have not moved ahead at the same pace as Keo, then things might get a bit awkward. And I presume you understand the analogy I'm drawing here. If uh, if my ex has not done the same work on herself that I've been sort of forced to do by this roster change, then there's going to be a disparity, a disparity that didn't really exist six months ago. You know, Seized came back into Na'Vi and uh, Zeus was riding the high of having IGL'd his team to a major. Zeus was uh, was also replacing Seized as IGL. Seized had been IGLing at the time. And if he was sensitive enough, it's possible that, everything, you know, the blame could have come, you know, been put on his shoulder. I don't really know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm trying to draw the analogy out. Too far, I think. Let's move on to Big. Big have removed Keeve and Legia. <clears throat> Legia's gone to the coaching role, and they brought on Lucker, who's an up-and-comer on trial. Who, who, who else are they going to add? It's not clear at the moment. It remains to be seen. Uh, I don't know anything about Lucker. Um, whether or not Legia becoming a coach is the right thing or not, I'm not sure. Perhaps he was just great for morale on the team and just couldn't put up the numbers. LDLC, 
<clears throat> they've ditched existence. They've brought on some dude called Logan. <laughs> I won't pretend to know much about Logan either. Existence apparently was responsible for whatever victories LDLC was even having, so I don't really know about this roster change. I don't even know uh, if LDLC are relevant right now. Existence has obviously got a lot of history, and I'm not sure where he's going, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously. But here's the fallout of all of this. We've got some very interesting free agents now in the CSGO scene. We've got Freiburg, Mr. Freiburg, Daddy Adam. We've got Alu. As you know, my favorite player, um, just as a dude. Uh, Mixwell, <clears throat> the Jeff Goldblum of Spanish CS, who also looks weirdly like Tarek, by the way. I don't know whether anyone's noticed that. We've got Fitch. We've still got Dennis and Rubino hanging out in the wind. And uh, Dennis has been teased a lot as going to Nip, going to uh, North, going to Optic. When we've got HS. Um, the best hair in uh, Counter-Strike. That's one, two, three, four, five... Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven free agents uh, blown in the wind. All of them amazing players in their own right. Fitch, perhaps, uh, does need to do a little more time in an academy. And when I say we could put uh, HS in that spot too, perhaps HS needs a bit more grinding to do. But we've got some very proven talents in Freiburg, Alu, Mixwell, Dennis, and Rubino. Alu released a twit longer on his... Twitter saying that he felt like for the first time in a while he was set up to really give his all to CS. And you know what? I saw some very interesting clips from Alu recently, from around 2014, 2015, where he was orping in a very aggressive way and in a way that I'm not used to seeing from Alu. So, look, it's possible that old mate has gone through some personal trials during this time of sort of not performing as great as we hoped on phase and is actually primed for some sort of comeback uh whether daddy freiberg's got it in him to go for another you know yet another team and try and build them up remains to be seen mixwell's obviously still got his career ahead of him but that's an interesting team right there freiberg alu mixwell dennis rubino started up i'll uh, i'll sponsor you i got uh, five bucks i can put in Um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, it's, it sucks to see these guys without a team. And hopefully we'll see them on the server before long. Now, it's been a little while since I've given you some tips for your play, but this next section hopefully will give you something to think about next time you're matchmaking. Could be a bit of a hack for you to try. I've been doing some research about motor learning, and I've been reading some papers from two scientists in particular. Welf and Luthwaite, they're two ladies from North America, and they've developed their own system of motor learning. And if you don't know what that is, uh, you're not alone. I didn't know what that was until I discovered their papers. But basically, their research involves sportsmen and the optimum sort of uh, style of play and the things that sports people do and the small things that they do to improve the way they play. One example of the research they've conducted uh, is that if you're a golfer and you look at your hands as opposed to either the ball or the club, you have less a chance of getting your putt in. Similarly, if you are a golfer or let's say a basketballer, and just before you shoot, you look at the putt, uh, the, the putt, the hole or the hoop, you have more of a chance of getting your ball in. And apparently, that's because when our minds are diverted from the self-consciousness of our own body 
and how we're standing or how we're playing or where our arms are positioned, it frees up all of the resources that we have towards actually getting the shot in. Uh, other research they've done involves perception. So they did experiments where putters in golf would look at the hole when it was surrounded by larger holes and would have more of a chance of missing the shot than putters who looked at the hole when it was surrounded by smaller holes. So when the hole seemed large by comparison to what was around it, people had better aim. <laughs> but uh, the paper I want to talk about today is slightly different. It involves choice and how important agency is in humans and animals, and that even just the smallest amount of choice improves cognitive performance. And uh, I'll explain this by quoting from one of their papers. For example, in one study, participants practiced a ski simulator task and had, or did not have, the opportunity to decide on which trials to use poles that were placed on the floor to help them maintain their balance. The participants in the self-controlled group showed more effective learning as measured by performance on a, reg on a retention test without the poles than did their yoked counterparts. Yoked, in this instance, refers to the people who didn't have a choice whether or not to use the poles. To continue, in other studies, learning to balance on a stabilometer platform which is sort of a platform where you balance, was facilitated by holding a balance pole horizontally when the use of that pole was chosen by the participants rather than imposed upon them. This finding is particularly interesting because in a pilot study, Hartman, who's this scientist, did not find advantages to using the poles for the learning of this task, suggesting that control over an assistive device can have a beneficial effect on learning, even if that device in and of itself is relatively ineffective. So why did I read this out? Well, I would say if you're like me and occasionally you come home from work or school, it's been a long day and you're tired and you know what? you can't be bothered to do the things you've got to do. You can't be bothered to clean up your room. You can't be bothered to do the dishes, take a shower, walk the dog, do some chores, even make dinner or whatever. Maybe you feel a little down. Maybe it's just been a long day and you're buggered, right? And you, you jump straight on and you play and you immediately suck. <laughs> you can't hit a shot. You get tilted at the slightest misplay of your teammate. You can't seem to even control your fingers. And potentially this could be because you know you haven't really made a choice to play at that point. You've just simply gone for the easiest option. So potentially what I'm saying is you could try and hack your brain a little bit by acknowledging the choice you've got in that moment. And even if you continue to play for the rest of the night, just make a little choice at the beginning not to. And that might be as small as, well, I will wash the dishes that are in the sink or I will have a shower. I will clean up the room. Even if it's only for five minutes, you've consciously made a choice at that point and you've activated the part of your brain that is motivated and pleased by the fact that you have agency in your life. So, you know, make some dinner. Go for a walk. When you sit down at the computer and you boot up CSGO, stop for a second Realize you've got a choice and exercise that choice. Exercise agency over your environment. According to uh, Wolf and Luthwaite, you will have increased motivation, cognitive ability, and increased performance when you actually play. So that's my top of the week. There's no toxic player of the week because I haven't been playing. That episode is still coming, all about CSGO and video games addiction. 
And uh, you can rest assured as well that the gambling episode is on its way because dear listener B Twice has gotten in touch with a cautionary tale about his own interactions with gambling and skins gambling. So that is definitely on its way. In the meantime, I would recommend you check out a young YouTuber called Elma Putty. E-L-M-A-P-U-D-D-Y. I was sent a link by CSGO player Captain Spankmeyer of one of Elmer Putty's most recent videos, which is an analysis of Vegas Squadron hiding in plain sight in aggressive CT pinch on overpass. It's a great video. And Elmer Putty's got a shit ton of amazing videos. There's great analysis in there with a bit of a weird, you know, a bit of a weird angle on things. He's not like you're nothing. He's not like your Sean Gares. He's got an interesting point of view. So I would uh, check him out on YouTube. He's also a fellow Aussie. So, you know, support the boys. And in the meantime, I will be attempting to navigate my roster. <laughs> my roster, uh, what would you call it? Dilemma. Whether it'll be minus me and plus me remains to be seen. You can send me a supportive email if you like uh, to Gmail. The Truth CSGO podcast at gmail.com or on the Twitter at The Truth CSGO. Leave me a review on iTunes. That'd be really helpful. Or just rate me because I need your love. I need it. I need it to live. And in the meantime, enjoy the final day of CS Summit and enjoy the game.